On this episode, we discuss Countdown. So you guys remember in the movie Suicide Squad where Slipknot got his head exploded because uh, Flag used his little thing and he like hit a button on his phone and it blew off Slipknot's head and then Harley Quinn's like, wow, what a, that's a killer app. Well, what she was really talking about is the movie we watched today, Countdown, a movie about a killer app. <laughs> everyone, and welcome to the Flophouse. I'm Dan McCoy. I'm Stuart Wellington. And I'm Elliot Kalen. This is a show that, uh, that we mm-hmm. know that much so far. <laughs> yeah. You're already familiar with the premise <laughs> established of it being a show. show of some kind. Great. Yeah. Uh, we're working from first principles, a priori. It's a show. <laughs> Let's keep building from there. I love yeah. it, this, this philosophical <laughs> way of building the show a, logically. <laughs> there's two yeah. parts to a show. There's the performers and the audience. The audience is you listening to us, uh-huh. and, and we're the performers, the three of us. Okay. Mm-hmm. Dan, okay. Stewart. And Elliot, the members of the Flophouse. This is now, a podcast. Mar- Mar- now, Marcel Duchamp in his essay, oh. The Role of the Spectator in Art, would say that you, the audience, have an equal part to play in this process. Mm-hmm. But in this case, you don't because we can't hear you. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so we, we, we talk about bad movies on Except this podcast. Except for when you like tweeted us after the show and we're mm-hmm. like, oh, that's a really interesting thing you thought of. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's a good point. We will dur- pretend to be interested. Dur- <laughs> wow. During Just, I was totally JK, serious. JK, 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 it's genuine interest. J- uh, G.I., JK, G.I. G.I. <laughs> Joe, genuine interest Joe. <laughs> uh, that's when, when G.I. Joe nods and goes, oh, that's interesting. He means it. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, he's, a, he's an active listener. Uh, yeah. During the month of October, or Shocktober, as we call it here at the Flock, Flop, Flop House, and no one else ever does. House, too, at the, the Flock House, too, our podcast about birds. <laughs> it's also about applying uh, fake grass to miniature dioramas. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the two things that the Flock House uh, talks about. <laughs> So we watch horror movies during the spooky season, Shocktober. Uh, mm-hmm. We watched Countdown from 2019 this time around. Guys, I was surprised to learn, uh, looking at the Wikipedia page, that Countdown was a major return on investment. It was a hit. It cost like $6.5 million and made something like Forty something. Million? I'm looking at the Wikipedia page now. It says forty eight million. Now again, we don't know how much marketing and publicity cost. You have to assume that that's at least the budget again, usually. But for a movie like this, I don't know. Maybe not. Yeah. Well, I don't recall there being. You don't a, remember seeing all the subway ads and the, the Burger but King kids meal and saw it in, in spite of all the the bad reviews that it got now, at the time. Now, According to the trivia on IMDb, apparently we, we did a lot more research for this than we usually do. Mm-hmm. The trivia says the app featured in the film actually exists. It is owned by the studio and was used to promote the film. So you got to assume a lot of money went into the research and development of an app that actually can tell you with exact prediction the second sure. you're going to die. Yeah. I mean, you, you cut out the middleman by just involving a, a demon in the process, but I think I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, one of those, um, you go to one of those. You go to one of those Russian demon farms where they just have demons mining Bitcoin mm-hmm. hour after now hour. Now, one could argue that all tech companies are kind of demons and they're bad, mm-hmm. but uh, I mean, sure. I don't want to make that argument mm-hmm. right now because you might be listening to it this podcast using Once, one of those tech companies' products. Yeah, the Twitter bird might be listening to this and going, "Well, I never tweet, tweet. Uh, mm-hmm. Let me let me go amplify some misinformation and then put a tiny widget at the bottom, and that makes me makes me feel like I did my job." Now, uh, here's the thing: I once sent an email, and instead the, of going. 
option to report people who are being horrible, <laughs> but then do nothing about it. You could choose not to. Uh, I once sent an email to someone, and instead of going to the person I meant it to go to, it went to a mailer demon. And mm. I was like, ah, ah, and I had to get my computer exercised, uh, which, of course, means getting a gym membership. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it was a long story. Uh, so, Stuart, why don't you tell us about this movie countdown? <laughs> okay, well, we're off to an auspicious start because there's not that many production logos. Mm-hmm. It was At this point, I'm like, I usually, when I'm doing the summaries, just to pull back the curtain, I usually kick back my heels, chill, drink a cup of coffee, because I know there's like 50 production logos. I can do whatever the fuck I want. That's me time. Unfortunately, (laughs) I had no me time. I had to watch the movie. So you were scrambling to get to your pad and pen going, (laughs) oh, shit. (laughs) Dust off my typewriter real quick. Uh, Okay. So uh, the movie opens on a house party filled with teens slash college students. Uh, Our hero group of teens are sitting around the table playing a drinking game. Well, are they? I don't know if I would call them our hero group. We're not going to see again for the most part. These are roughly the Drew Barrymore and Scream of of characters for this movie. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, So they're playing a drinking game, but they quickly get distracted like teens do by Mm -hmm. talking about social media and other apps. Uh, they stumble upon and uh, they accidentally stumble on this app countdown looking for a weight loss app yeah, instead they find counting. countdown which very impressive that the, that this app managed to get in there and get the name countdown locked down I'm gonna mm-hmm. I'm gonna say this a surprising amount uh during this uh this this episode I think I liked the way the movie handled this like I thought this was pretty efficient that there were just like, uh, this th- th- let's all agree that an app that counts down to when you die as a, a horror movie premise is maybe I wouldn't say it's inherently a bad idea because all ideas can can work. But knowing the history of internet based horror, <laughs> I had there's a lot of not yeah, fear.com. There's, there's, there's a lot of speed bumps on the on the road. I mean, because once you introduce it, you're also like. Who at the who made Apple this? store, like, like who made it and who the Apple store like approved it? Yes. Like, and and it, also it's got 3.6 stars, which is madness. <laughs> I love that. That's the craziest detail. part. I love that. I thought that was so hilarious. Because it's, it's like, like pretty, a lot of people like it. But there's a few people that are like, <laughs> people, I die. There's <laughs> yeah. a few people who are like, demon came and killed me when I tried to save my well, life. That's the thing. You One star. That the people who died didn't rate the. Thing, so it's like my my dead. brother downloaded this app and 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 died. Yeah, that, like yeah. Kind of thing. yeah, yeah, yeah. But, and then suppose, people, but when the app tells when the app tells you you've got seventy more years to live, then you're like five, five stars. stars. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And this is the exact like someone pointed this out. I think I I, I might be stealing something from someone's letterbox review, but so, <laughs> so I apologize. You did do research on this. Wow. <laughs> but, wow. but I love that like three point six stars. I feel like is the exact number where you're like. Okay, I'll still download this. Any <laughs> any lower, it's probably gonna do something to my phone. But yeah, there's something sure, wrong. Sure, this countdown. But I just wanted to say, like, I think it's good that like, it jumped into this because otherwise, setting up the idea that all these people are gonna download this app. I don't know. I'm not necessarily. There's a lot of ways to go about it that I'm not gonna really buy. But the idea that they're just like at a party, they're looking for another app. They see this app and they're like, "Yeah, sure, we can make a dumb drinking game out of this. Let's do this." Which I'm like, "Okay, let's do it." I definitely. Do it, I remember a night at the bar where like a bunch of the regulars and I all just downloaded CoStar and matched and then compared our astrology charts to each mm-hmm. other because there's nothing else to do except drink. Yeah. Okay. And do you remember speaking of drinking and apps that? 
years ago, someone made a lot of money off of an app you had to pay for. And all it did was it looked like the screen on your phone was filled with beer. And then when you <laughs> tilted it, it looked like it was pouring on yeah. the screen. That's all it did. I think it cost $2. And I remember having many friends that paid to have that. Yeah. So yeah, so I totally believe that for free. The, the thing that I don't, the thing that is a, a hard thing for this, a hard uh thread for this needle to thread this movie to thread the hard needle to thread for this movie you get them the cliche yeah, we, get it. For. We, got is, yeah, we, we won't make fun of you for a uh, is, thank mistake. you it's the kind of gray area between people downloading it as a lark and treating it as a joke but also kind of treating it as real which i guess fits into teen life where things are both a joke and and not but it's, it's kind all of about like, irony you know i feel like people would download it and they'd be like huh 60 years, pretty sweet. But then they would immediately ingest that as that is the amount of time that I'm living. You know, yeah. they, they wouldn't, nobody, every, they downloaded it as a joke, but nobody, but everyone kind of took it as real right off the bat, you know, to greater or lesser well, degree. And and we're going to, like, we're kind of getting into the meat of this app thing. But part of it is that nobody, the joke is that nobody reads the user agreement, which makes yes. sense. And then, but part of the user agreement is if you change up, uh, if you change your life decisions in any way based on this information, you break the user agreement and a demon kills you. And the thing that's wild is that we only deal with people that are like, I'm dying soon. I'm just going to break these plans as opposed to people that are like, I'm going to live 70 years. I'm just going to go hog wild. Yeah. yeah. And they're like, you know Wait, what? That's, that's, true. True. that's true. There's a whole flip side of this that we never see. Like that would be a Countdown good idea. Like you're breaking the user agreement. You're like, oh, I'm going to live till I'm 90. Uh-huh. Fuck it. I'm, yeah, buck wild the, now, man. Yeah, yeah. But the thing is the <laughs> no app <seat> only, <laughs> as we see later on, the app is so in, intent on enforcing that countdown the specific countdown that it means that this busy demon would be constantly like doing stuff to save uh, your life constantly. Yeah. Uh, uh, I gotta follow him around all the time and make sure that he lives to be ninety years it's old. Very this funny. is a huge baby's day out situation. I mean, that is that is to be honest, that's a premise I would really love if someone's yes. like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna live like a I'm I'm never wearing a condom again. I'm eating nothing but garbage. I'm gonna throw myself out of windows." And the demon is like, "Oh God, I gotta I gotta work so hard to keep this guy alive." Uh, 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 yeah. Okay, so uh, our heroine Courtney reluctantly downloads the app. Again, finds out she <laughs> finds out she only she's has. In, I think th- she's in th- two scenes. In the movie. <laughs> uh, she finds out she only has three hours to live. So her boyfriend Evan decides to get super drunk and drive her home. And she's like, "No, I'm gonna die." And he's like, "Get out of here!" And he drives off drunk. Um, she then gets a notification from the app that she has broken the user agreement and only has seven minutes to live. Uh, so she walks home. There's a few jump scares. App keeps making spooky sounds, uh, which is a great feature. The UI <laughs> of this app is incredible. Uh, it just constantly I goes, do love ah! also that everyone is like, I don't know about you, but like, who leaves the notifications on? <laughs> Every time an app's like, can we send you notifications? I'm like, no, no. Warhammer army list making app. You don't need to send me fucking <laughs> notifications. I mean, I mean, based on the fact that the app doesn't let you delete it later on, I'm pretty sure that the app <laughs> It is has, a demonic app. Yeah, yeah. I don't okay, think it's really whatever. paying attention to your preferences. Whatever. Limited <laughs> options to customize. <laughs> okay, I will only give it three stars then. Um, okay, so uh, she then... Uh, goes home to a dark house uh, and then she gets yanked her, up. Uh, I mean, we can assume it's her house. Yeah, I'm assuming. <laughs> Thank you for clarifying. <laughs> the listeners were probably like, she just went into some strange dark house. <laughs> well, it is funny because like the guy was about to get like drive her drunk home 
And based on this walk, it, like, it feels like she lives maybe two blocks away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I understand that in other parts of the country, especially if you have your car with you, you, you would drive those two blocks. Welcome but, to L.A., Dan. <laughs> but the degree to which her boyfriend is like, no, I'm driving drunk <laughs> yeah. is absurd it's my, to me. <laughs> it's my right as an American to use gasoline for all movement of any kind mm-hmm. outside of buildings. So, uh, she is in the bathroom, there's a, a few scares, and then she gets yanked up in the air by some invisible force and, like, <laughs> smashed, and then her broken body is smashed against the floor right when she was supposed to die. Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. And then we cut Five to- Five stars her. to that app. And then before the end <laughs> of this cold open- <laughs> she, she has just at one moment left of consciousness to tap the five-star yeah. rating mm-hmm. on the app and type out very accurate. <laughs> but before yeah. the end of the cold open here- we see that her drunk boyfriend did crash his car and mm-hmm. that she would have died, that like wood went right through her chair. Uh-oh, yeah. how does that tie in together? Okay, cut to a hospital where that same boyfriend, Evan, is preparing for a surgery and he is nervous, he's, uh, he's scared that he's going to die during surgery because he had also downloaded the app and it says basically that he's going to die when the surgery is scheduled. Yeah. He, he doesn't like this information. And Unless got, a safe is going to fall through the ceiling and crush him on his way to the OR, he is going to die on the yeah. table. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he complains about this to Quinn, the real hero of the movie, played by Beck from You, the first yeah. season of You. The first Guinevere season's Beck. love Uh-oh. interest. And now you could call Quinn a medicine woman, couldn't you? <laughs> That's true. Oh, I did the whole time. I Good. guess I'll just delete that from every instance in my notes. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Because she's a nurse. She's, yeah, a, she's nurse a nurse at the hospital. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, in fact, she just passed her test. She's officially a nurse. So they throw her a party. Uh, every, all the other nurses are talking about this cool countdown app. <laughs> so she downloads this fucking app and it says she only has three days to live. That ain't good. Mm. Um, and then uh, a doctor played by Peter Fastinelli uh, gets super handsy with her. And you're like, what the fuck? Uh, he makes a pass at her and she's like, no, thanks. Okay, <laughs> so then Quinn has to go to her childhood home. I mean, it's, he does more I, than make a pass yeah, at him. She, just says, she says more than no thanks. I, I, yeah, I want to make it clear. I'm not laughing at the idea of harassment. I'm laughing at no. the idea that she's just like, no thanks. It's more, yeah, he's more handsy and it's uh, a re- she it's a real, has she's to a real push him off. pressure and assault situation. Well, yeah. initially, initially, it's a thing where he is testing the waters. He's like handsy, but he yeah. hasn't completely assaulted her yet. Yes. That, that obviously that does happens come later, later, and it's he's horrible. he's being inappropriate, but he is not yet being threatening. Yeah, yeah. or violent. You know, okay. that comes later. Um, so she she needs to fill out her I nine. <laughs> this is this is great because I'm like, man, this is exactly Which, the kind of shit I have to deal with. <laughs> it's also like, so she didn't have to fill it out before because she was she was because she was like a resident student or yeah, what was going probably, on. But also, uh, Audrey, who works in payroll, points out that like. Like, this is, like, all a weird excuse for the movie to get her to go back home to get her birth yes. certificate. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, you don't need that. <laughs> no, it's so funny. The idea that, well, because because she she's uh, she doesn't want to be near her family, I guess, but it really is creating a a very big reason for, have to, for her to mm-hmm. just go to see her family who live in the same town that she yeah. does. Yeah. So she has to go to her childhood home to get that birth certificate uh, while she's home. She never she, does, too. So all the scenes afterwards, as far as I know, all the scenes afterwards where she's working, she's there illegally. <laughs> yeah, well, they're, later, they're, on, later on when she has that HR meeting, I'm like, this is probably about the I-9. They're paying her under the, <laughs> under the table. It's one yeah. of those. She, yeah, she never proves she was a, a permanent resident of the United States. Uh, so she, she interrupts her sister Jordan from having a romantic tryst with a boy, Joe, uh, who is shirtless. 
Um, but they kick him out, and then they get in a fight. They clearly have some a strained relationship uh, resulting from the death of their mother. Um, and their father is like, hey, we're going to go put flowers on your mom's grave on Saturday. And she's like, okay, let's do it. Don't worry. She's going to uh, – but you don't know she's if she's like, going to be alive. Those flowers were for Algernon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep, they exactly. They fight about it. Uh-huh. <laughs> do you think florists have to deal with a lot of that joke? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. that. I think they have to deal with it a lot. I I would say that that is probably a joke that has been made at some point. Okay. Although who I'm, is buying? I'm guessing not recently. Not lately. Just to have that done. I feel like if the if the florist sees that a middle school English teacher is walking into the into the place, then maybe they get a little yeah. worried that the Buck, joke's coming buckle up. Buckle up. Yeah. Steal yourself. Now, did, um, did did it seem to you like their their dad was very young? Uh, I guess. I mean. Yeah. Or is it just that movies have made it impossible for me to tell how old people are? I think it's that we're all aging, too. and so people look young to us now. No, That's but it's fair. true. Like That's I saw, fair. I saw Timothy Oliphant on and Johnny Knoxville both on Seth Meyers recently, and both Similar of them, vibe. their fucking faces are so smooth. <laughs> like they look, they they're very I'm sexy sorry. men. But I gotta tell you, I don't, I don't know. I wouldn't this call is... either of those faces smooth. But like, <laughs> watch watch this episode, love... of Seth Meyers. Maybe there's a digital artist going in there and cleaning that shit up. Timothy Oliphant, I think, is a extremely handsome handsome man. Yeah, like very very handsome. Johnny Knoxville's also a handsome man. Very a lot of character. But both of them have like that's what I would say. They have character in their face. Johnny Knoxville in particular has like. Well, I've been I've been watching reboot now. and Johnny Knoxville's on that and I've been thinking that he actually looks quite old and craggy to yeah. me. So okay, well, you guys go back and watch. I guess there's a plug for an episode of Late Night with Seth Meyers and see him. For whatever reason, <laughs> their faces look much smoother than I expected them to look, and it threw me off because I'm like, hey guys, you guys look great, just age naturally, whatever. But maybe um, maybe they're trying to still play teenagers. I think they were trying to do a new thing where the camera is is watching the show through the app that ma- sees what you would look like oh, as a baby. Yeah, oh, that's yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. A little yeah. baby face app. Um, okay, so yeah, of course, she makes the plans with her dad, and you're like, is she even going to be alive? But don't worry, like three scenes later, <laughs> she just breaks those plans. It's great. Well, I mean, that's the thing. Is she breaks the plans. It's like, if you're going to die, just keep the plans. Who cares? You know yeah. what? It's, yeah. It's like, oh, I've, I've got to close this out. loop before yeah, I you die. you don't want your dad's <laughs> last thing to be like, Oh man, I'd really miss her, but she did break plans with me. <laughs> I was like, I guess she doesn't have time to put flowers on the grave of her dead mom. That's not the last in, input, the last uh, impression you want to make on your widowed father. Come on. Okay, so Evan, the injured drunk driving ex boy or well boyfriend, I guess, uh, is nervous that he's gonna die during surgery, so he decides to make a run for it. He legs it down so the hall. He writes a letter to himself saying, "Dear Evan, hands on," because his hands are still on his arms; they were not removed right. yet in yep. the surgery. Okay, it works. He's trying to. Distinct, like, so the letter he's writing to himself, he has to remind himself that he's not talking to his other friend, Evan, who I suppose who has, has no, no hands. hands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. exactly. Yeah. Evan Handless. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's interesting that he, you know, on crutches decides that the best thing to do to avoid death is to go down a lot of flights of stairs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, this is... Uh, this is not exactly Final Destination, where it feels like death has to work pretty hard to set up these elaborate traps. Here, it's almost like if it's like if a mouse was throwing himself at a mouse trap, and you were like, "Let yeah. me put the cheese on it at least. Let me give me a moment to set it." Well, and also this is uh, when he's running for it. We also see another big difference from Final Destination. <laughs> wow, before he picked it, um, he. 
He's looking at and a you're mirror. you're not wearing pants, so you did point baby. That's yeah. exactly. Thank you. That was, it was all, it's this character thing that I'm doing. Um, mm. He's looking <laughs> at a reflective surface and he sees a, like a shadowy demonic figure in the background. Mm. And I'm like, oh, this is your daddy's final destination because there's none of that and that shit. And of course, like there's a bit where like he looks in the mirror and then all of a sudden the thing like rushes the mirror and it cracks. Um, so he's like, okay, I'm going to go down a stairwell. Immediately he gets locked in. Lights go out. Oh, fuck. What am I going to do? His time's running out. He hears somebody else coming up the stairs. Turns around. Oh, no. It's his girlfriend, Courtney, but she's dead. She turns her face around. It's totally monsterfied. He falls down. What? Next thing we see, <laughs> his phone clatters down the stairwell. <laughs> time is running out. And then right when it hits zero, his time hits zero, his battered body splats against the stairs. Period on the end of that sentence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, cool. Okay. Uh, let's see. Quinn goes to the morgue to inspect the body. She unlocks his phone using his uh, dead well, guy she goes face. Well, she goes to the morgue because she got his phone, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because she knows – because he, he told her that he had the countdown app, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was their first conversation. Yeah, that was, it was the what connects connection. Her. She is yeah. not just scared because the countdown app exists. She is scared because he has told her like, oh, my – my girlfriend did die when countdown said so she has at least some reason to believe that there might be something to this and yeah she mm-hmm. goes in to unlock the phone to do a little investigating and there's you know some there's a couple gross. of dead body bits where like it seems like the body's moving or is it yeah, is like he a zombie turns is he and not look a at zombie her. yeah oh yeah, yeah she has to open up the dead body's eyes which is a little fun little mm-hmm. yep yep to unlock the phone yep <laughs> it would be so funny if it's like shenanigans there's four or five levels of security. It's first it's eyes, then it's fingerprint, then it's toe print, <laughs> then it's toes, penis yeah. print for some reason, Whoa, and then it's print? navel print. So she's like, oh, so why Why is his phone so secure? Yeah, you He's just could, a teenager. Do you guys, do you think I could pull off a penis print shirt? <laughs> yeah, you would look great. I mean, I think you could. You look amazing. Um, Quinn, uh, so Quinn breaks her plans with her dad, then immediately gets a user agreement notification. She has broken her user agreement because... I guess she changed her plans because she was worried she was going to die at a cemetery, which seems like the most convenient place to die. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <clears throat> that's really the thing that's concerning her. Yeah. yeah. She's they not even worried about t- her mortality, so it's just not inconveniencing other people and who have to deal with her, her remains. Yeah, oh, at a cemetery, if you die at a cemetery, they don't even have to dig a hole. They just smush you into the ground and they walk <laughs> away. <laughs> <laughs> throw her in the mulcher. Um, yeah. And then there's uh, then shadowy figures start appear in the background. What? Uh oh. That's what happens when you break your user agreement, folks. Because because that's the, the, it's one of these. This is this is one of these demons where it's like you're already gonna kill these people. Is do you really have to keep going? Like maybe now. No. A little bit now. Oh, oh, I'm not touching you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, like that's... it seems like this. This is a pretty dicky demon. It's a dickish demon. <laughs> yeah. To be yeah. Doing yeah. This stuff. I mean. I, I feel like demons are probably not cool. <laughs> <laughs> probably, um, I don't know. Haven't you ever seen a tattoo on a on a on a young jazz musician's arm of like a cool devil man? <laughs> I did, and then I saw. Oh, wait, what? He dies, and the tattoo's gone. What, what's the, <laughs> yeah, the yeah. Story it, there? yeah. It goes. My time. My job here is done. When I say jazz musician, what I really should have said is swing dancer. Oh, okay. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Um, so uh, then. <laughs> Then Quinn uh, gets assaulted by her supervising doctor, played by Peter Fascinelli, uh, who then uh, – and she she fights fights him off. Uh, and then before she can alert her supervising nurse, he calls the nurse away um, to <laughs> theoretically to, like, undercut her and change the narrative. And then she immediately gets another notification from this fucking app. And at this point, I'm like – 
who fucking cares about the demon anymore? <laughs> like this, this shit is serious. Well, also, like <laughs> it is. I mean, look, uh, I, I want to choose my words carefully because, like, like the sexual harassment is is not funny, but the way that this movie handles it is so goofy because she like is going to talk to someone about it, and then she is thwarted so quickly, yeah. and, and and then never follows up on that, and then later on, they like suspend her without any investigation mm-hmm. or like taking her without even asking her taking what her, her side right what her and, perspective was and yeah. look i know that a lot of people have a lot of horrible experiences where they're not be- believed but for a movie made now to have like a major hospital be like we're not going to do any sort of investigation like i just feel like to cover their own asses they would do a little more know. than automatically assuming that the first person they talk to I'm of two minds, Dan. I'm of two minds because one, it really – it's so ham-handedly handled in yeah. this that it is very like it, – it, you do think that something – even the fact that like she's like, I've got to tell you something to the supervisor. And the doctor's like, supervisor, I need you to do something for me. And she's like, can it wait a minute? And at that moment, she just has to say, look, that doctor just – I mean it's hard to say those things, especially when he's no, right no, there. Obviously. But say like, no, this is really serious. I need your help. But instead she's just like ah, – <laughs> Like sitcom kind of can't say it, but I mean, also I'm going to side with Dan, Dan more. Is that rather than blaming her actions, I would argue the the way that the hospital reacts seems well. That's what I'm going to say. I think Dan is being a little naive at the same time. Yeah. That even in the time we live in, he is a powerful doctor. He's seemingly the only doctor in the whole hospital. We never see any other ones. She is the newest nurse on the job. The hospital. It, and hospitals do not like even it, they do not like to have those stories. Even today, in the world we live in, Dan, power still oh, gets to cover up. You're so. right. Believe you're me, right. I agree that like, but it's it's handled as, so ridiculous. As thing. a yeah. surgeon, like he has the power in that situation compared to. <laughs> I thought this you were nurse. about to say, I believe as a surgeon that that, and I was like, Dan, no, you're no, not no, a no, surgeon. No, <laughs> no I I believe that. I but the movie, the movie does not do it in any way that like like they have made up the their decision before she walks in the door and and they're like we're not even gonna listen to anything and like even he even says like oh it's a he said she said scenario like yeah she hasn't said anything yet uh but i I think this i think our conversation about this really highlights one of the issues with the movie is how once this plot is introduced the idea of the demon stuff is like okay this is silly let's talk yeah. about the serious thing that is I mean, happening here. serious issues of well, what is what it really what it really says is if you're making what i think it is that uh if you're gonna make a, a horror movie that is relevant in some way that relevance should play into the main gimmick or conceit of the movie as opposed to there's this there's a demonic app it, look, we're making this movie about how people how social media i guess or apps there's a demonic app that kills people uh, but we should also put some Me Too stuff in there. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we shouldn't put some Me Too stuff in No, you gotta understand that the demon Ozen is the demon of knowing when you're supposed to die and changing the rules and also abuse of power and sexual assault. Oh, yeah. I see. It's, it's like if you want to address that issue, make him, maybe make a movie about that issue yeah. as opposed and, to anyway, trying to I, I want to make it clear. I am aware that there are a lot of situations in real life where there are terrible miscarriages of justice. I'm just saying that in this movie, the movie doesn't do a very good job of what it wants to do, which is just be like, this is so unfair, but like, it's still, I don't know, not seeming like it It just is being handled in the well, silliest I, I think way because possible. It's, because it's such a tangential issue in this, yeah. and it's not it's not the main focus of the movies. They really don't have a lot of real estate to to spend on yeah. it. Yeah. And they, uh, but they just I do sort of like wave that, it away. 
I do like that, Dan, that you mentioned about how in real life it'd be different because you, of course, are a real life expert since you're Dan in real life. Uh-huh, he is Dan, <laughs> Dan in real life. That's true. Yep. I, Pancake I, enthusiast. <laughs> I had waffles this morning. Is that, did you <laughs> think that's a betrayal? That or? is a well, fucking depends betrayal. On, depends on what you do. Did you eat them or did you lay your head on them like a sad pillow? <laughs> I just, I just held them up to my face and gently caressed them. Mm, against my yeah. <laughs> okay, so uh, Quinn goes home and she starts looking up stuff. Uh, she looks up some reports on the Countdown app being tied to deaths. Mm-hmm. She watches a video that a woman who uh, was bedeviled by the Countdown app of her dying. <laughs> and people, of course, are like, cap, cap, this is bullshit, this is fake. Uh, well, mm-hmm. I do have a question, which is, like, who uploaded this video? Because <laughs> she, like, dies at the end of her own video. And it did not seem to be, like, the movie could have handled this, I guess, by making it look like a live stream that then someone yeah, else put up. Yeah, that's what I would suggest is it was a yeah, live yeah. stream or a Twitch stream. But I forgot to mention like that one of the, video. I forgot that, to mention that one of the comments that said it was fake was actually from user Dank McCoy. <laughs> <laughs> who uploaded? Who <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I think, uh, I th- debate me. That's how he ends that yeah. comment. Yeah. Uh, I think that uh, I, what I like about this scene is that it harkened back to my first Flophouse episode, I Know Who Killed Me, where she's doing research on telepathy or something like mm-hmm. that. And she pulls up a video with the, with the host of Coast to Coast. Uh, what's his name? Bell. And Art it was Bell. one of those things, Art Bell. And it was like, it was like, you know what? The internet doesn't really work this way. <laughs> and now, almost 20 years later, the internet still does it. They, they're only making baby steps towards movies, kind of sh- d- illustrating how the internet actually works. Yeah. Uh, by at least including comments that are, that are hating on the video. So you know what, movies, you're trying your best. You're, you're making yeah. slow progress, yeah. but you know, one small step for Countdown, one giant leap for depictions of the internet in lowish budget horror movies. So research complete. Quinn closes her laptop only to see a, the ghost of Evan now monsterfied sitting on the edge of her bed, and she gets scared. So she runs out of there, uh, breaks he her said phone. Any questions? <laughs> uh, she breaks her phone on the ground and then goes and sleeps in her car. Uh, she then gets woken up by her sister Jordan. They get in a fight, but in the process, her sister learns about the countdown app. Uh oh, is that going to play into the story? Of course it does. She goes to buy a new phone from Tom Segura, <laughs> uh, who is pretty funny in this movie. This is, this is one of two scenes in the movie where the movie starts embracing the inherent ridiculousness of the premise by having very comedy characters. And I thought he was really funny in it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, well, yes. And I kind of feel bad that this movie was, you know, to offer a preview of a moderate what, my feelings later. Well, no, I, I feel bad that this movie was so shat upon. Just because we have watched so many movies like this for the Flophouse that are sort of aiming at a similar thing and doing it with so much less, at least, attempt to, like, or care. Like, Mm -hmm. there are moments in this film where, like, uh, a scene shows up where uh, uh, an ancillary character, like this phone uh, uh, seller, comes up. Hacker, phone doctor. And I'm like, oh, whoever made this... They were trying to make this work. They were trying something. They were adding a little extra pepper to it in a way that I've seen so many other movies do this type of thing and not even bother to make any of it interesting. And so I really appreciate when we 
meet this character who is just introduced being an absolute asshole to yeah. another. Uh, and she, so she buys this new person. phone, and of course, the app mysteriously appears on it before she leaves the store. What? She throws a fit in the store, goes out in her car, gets attacked by a specter. Uh, and then gets rescued by a guy who overheard her talking about the app in the store, this guy, Matt, who turns out also has downloaded the Countdown app and doesn't have long to live. They go to a bar. They find an old <laughs> drunk conspiracy <laughs> this nut. Is, this is one of those, this reminds me of, of uh, like, this happens in a lot of these movies where they're like, we've only got, We've only got hours to live. We've got to get on top of this. And then it cuts to nighttime, and they're at a bar. And I was like, so I guess you're going to get on this tomorrow? Yeah. Like, I don't understand. <laughs> yeah. It was kind of like how I would write uh, papers in college. Um, yeah, there's, it's like, there's a scene in, the, in Ringu where they're like, they're, it's, you know, they only have a week to live. They got that phone call, and they're researching, and they go, oh, a lot of research. I guess I'll go home now. And I'm like, I don't think you should. Like, just keep working. <laughs> Elliot, you know, you need a work-life balance, okay? Yeah, dude. Not, wait, <laughs> Elliot's the on that grind set, Danny, your life. <laughs> I think when I, when I know I only have a limited number of days to live, I'm going to be on that grind. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> you know, I'm not going to give up. Guys, if this was me, if I downloaded the app, I'd be like, oh, okay, I get it. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I, kind, I Well, I kind of was hoping at a certain point that the moral of the movie was going to be acceptance of fate, that it was going to be like, if this is what's allotted to me, I'm going to meet it with with calm and with accept with with like peacefulness and acceptance, and I'm not, I'm not going to make a fuss. But that's not what this movie is about. In which case, don't go to a bar and just have a drink later in the day. Like, do your work. Come so on. they're but they're they're commiserating over their mutual situation where neither of them have re had read the user agreement. So they're talking to this old uh, this old drunk guy who is spouting some general conspiracy stuff, and they're and they're like, hey, why don't we get this guy to download the app onto his phone? And and Quinn's like, no, I don't want to, you know, tie this. Guy guy's soul to a devil and then the guy says something uh, about not believing in the holocaust and she's like okay let's get him to download <laughs> it which they do and they read the user agreement um and uh this it, movie i'm realizing it exists in two different worlds that it keeps going back and forth between the kind of standard not that interesting takes itself very seriously boilerplate horror movie world that we've seen so many times and this kooky world where there's just kind of nutty character like this Daniel mm -hmm. Close world that is uh, just a yeah. slightly sideways or uh, where Daniel Klaus I don't remember how to pronounce Klaus. it where, Klaus where it's like there, where there's this super insulting uh, phone guy and then later on there's the fanboy priest and then there's this there's this conspiracy nutball at the who's so so loudly and bigly a cartoon of that kind of person at the bar like I kind of wondered. I, I mean, I, to see more of these I see those guys all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's true. Uh, as long as we're correcting name pronunciations, I believe it's Peter Facinelli. Facinelli, okay. Um, Peter Facinelli, if you're listening, write in. Tell us if you're, we're right or wrong. Yeah. And let me know if in New Jersey I should say Facinelli. Oh, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so um, they uh, go to the hospital where Matt has a scary encounter with a little boy Wait, ghost we, in we, the we, men's room. I don't, did we? Talk about what they learned from the user agreement, though. Yeah, I if, guess I guess we talked about it like, earlier. If they you mentioned earlier, okay. If after learning the time of their death, if they change their life in any way, they break the agreement. Which again, I feel like it's almost impossible not to. Yeah, I have two. I have two things I want to say about this. First is that if you if it says you'll live to be seventy years old, and then at some point you just make a different decision, you don't even know it's related. To, like you go into this room instead of that room, and you don't meet the woman that you'll marry, and then she'll murder you eventually. Mm -hmm. Like. 
How do you? Does it then tie? Oh, you, no, you, you really like don't like even this know. Narrative you're no, no, no. It up. has to be. I think it has to be a conscious choice. It like, has to be because then that's the other thing. Because that's my other thing is that it seems like a really poor understanding of what fate is. Because my mm-hmm. understanding of fate is it's like in Oedipus Rex, where every single thing they did to try to avoid the prophecy made it happen, as opposed mm-hmm. to you did something different and now a ghost comes and kills you. You know, it's not like it wasn't like okay. Tiresias said that my son is going to kill me and have sex with his mother. Right. I guess I'll get rid of him. And then a demon goes, no, 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 and picks up the son and, and pushes him on top of the no, mom. I to understand make it happen, what you're you saying, know? but this this move this app plays by Final Destination rules, where it's like, well, oh, I've you never escaped like- the thing, <laughs> so now another thing that's totally unrelated is going to come get you. That brings me up my thing about Final Destination that I must have mentioned before, where I just think it's so goofy that Death is like, oh, you escaped me, I'm going to get you, and it's like. <laughs> Just wait it out, death. Everybody <laughs> dies. Like it's not. It's not well, like not they get away forever. Job, yeah, Elliot. but it's. <laughs> yeah, but it's super fun. <laughs> it is really fun the way they do He's it. He's a but jokester. Like the, but the idea that like, ooh, now you've escaped my clutches and I've yeah. got to work extra hard to get you. It reminds mm-hmm. me of uh, something that a uh, an old coworker of of mine, Rich Blomquist, once said when a woman who was the last survivor of the Titanic <laughs> died and she had been a baby when the ship went <laughs> down, and uh, he goes, "Curse the Titanic." Nobody gets away. <laughs> it's like the idea that the Titanic had tracked her down a hundred years later and finally took her out. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. So uh, Matt has a scary encounter with a little boy ghost in the men's room. This had a couple of good scares. I like the bit where you see the little boy's feet walking uh, behind mm-hmm. the stall. Like he's like in the stalls, yeah, that but he's good. like going through the dividers. Uh, unless they had removed the dividers, like this one bathroom <laughs> yeah, at communal. one of the dorms. In, yeah, right, yeah, it's uh, a communal bathroom. So you can, it, they, it, it's, called, it's called a neighbor bathroom where they want everyone sitting in the stalls to be neighbors and talk <laughs> yeah. and things to each we've, other. We've shielded you from the outside world of the, the, the bathroom foyer, I guess. But inside here, we're well, all— Well, they're like, they're like, look, you're either in or you're out. If you want to see these people, you got to get in a stall and start pooping. It's like if a you're not modern, willing to take that step, it's a you can't modern, see them. It's a modern take on the concept of salon. Lawns. <laughs> mm, interesting. <laughs> okay, so and then like and there's a bit why where it's like why can't everyone be a Louis the Sixteenth being watched <laughs> while you poop and talking to your courtiers? <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So uh, and also this is when uh, the evil doctor, Doctor Sullivan, tries to ruin Quinn's life. Uh, they bring her into a meeting with HR department, who immediately accuse her of assaulting him and they are going to suspend Suspend her. her. And she obviously is dealing with a lot and she can't deal with this situation. And she doesn't even have uh, like any representative to help her out. It's really bad. Uh, So she storms out. And so Quinn and Matt then uh, uh, at the direction of the hospital pastor go to speak with Father John a kind of non-traditional priest Mm. who's into demonology and stuff and listens what to like. Trap music or something? Yeah, we might as well have called him Father Otaku because he's just like super, super demon fanboy. Yeah, Yeah, and I think he is implied to be maybe stoned when they show up because he's really concerned about his Grubhub arriving and he's eating the communion wafers as if they're like chips. Uh Uh-huh. Um, and so <laughs> maybe, yeah, I, I didn't think, I didn't put it together that he's stoned, but he's he certainly, am- he's certainly not your daddy's priest yeah. unless your daddy was Jerry Garcia, I guess. I don't know. He immediately <laughs> is on board and, uh, he explains to them this story about, uh, this, uh, a general who, who learned the time of his he, death. So he swapped places with his brother, but then he still died anyway. He, he uses, he uses a, a commonly used, but, but not acceptable slur for Roma many times. And each mm-hmm. time it really, it really, yeah. I didn't like the sound of it. Yeah. And um, 
the uh, yeah, and the uh, it's all tied in with his demon Ozen. Okay, so from mm-hmm. now on, we know the demon we're dealing with is Ozen the demon. Ozone. <laughs> yep. Ozen. Oh, he's the demon that's causing global warming. Warming too. And they realize if they're gonna if they're gonna figure out the because this is all tied in with like a contractual agreement. They're going to need to hack that. They're going to need to get into that app. So they need a hacker. So they track down the guy who runs the cell phone store, Tom Segura, who uh, to hack the app, um, he has to postpone his Tinder date. Don't worry. He still has it in the mid-credit sequence. Um, <laughs> oh, sure, saw the I'm, I'm so glad because I, I, I skipped forward <laughs> to see if there's a mid-credit sequence. I'm like, I'm sure hope that Stewart is doing this too. Yeah. He's doing the summary. Yeah. I mean, it was just lucky uh, that I just left the TV running while I was doing other stuff. Um, okay. <laughs> because you were so scared that you couldn't bear to turn it off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I, wanna, I, now, if I, uh, I feel like if I poked my hand out from under the blanket to get the remote, that the, the, the demon Ozen would rip my arm clean off my body. <laughs> <laughs> now, I want to ask our audience. I'm looking at my brief internet they research. Here, I couldn't, <laughs> no, no. I, I want them to write in later. As oh, okay. I established oh, early okay. on, I'm, I'm aware of this a one-way street, <laughs> that uh, is Ozen – a real demon? Is it based on a real demon or is it totally made up for the movie? Because all I can find online is references to the movie. And I'm curious whether they u- made up a fake demon or had the balls to use a real demon and risk mm-hmm. that demon coming along and suing them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dan, Dan, you're the you're the Christian demonology expert. I've never heard of this uh demon. Also the 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 legend, they didn't try and make that story into like a something from the Bible, right? That was just something that because I don't think that that's from anything. Like I've heard uh, I don't, versions he of like a similar story. Yes. Well, there's the story of, of uh, the appointment in Samara and things yeah, like that. Exactly. Right. Like, uh, the, and so it's like, uh, it's, I think that, uh, just not exactly the same, I guess, but you know what I mean? But like, uh, the, I think it's, I don't think he's presenting it as something from the Bible. He does okay. say there are demons in the Bible, but he, I don't think he says that this particular story is <laughs> Hot from. take. Okay, so he uh, so Tom Segura hacks into their phones. Uh, he hacks into the app. There's a ton of information there. In fact, it has the name and the countdown clock of everybody who's downloaded the app. And we find out, oh no, Quinn's sister Jordan has downloaded the app, of course. So he hacks his data as well as the, the three of them, Quinn, her sister, and Matt, and gives them all a bunch of years. Oh, wow, Ozen has uh, been defeated. And it seems to work on their apps. And I love this idea that, like, you know... Obviously, we all know this is not going to stick, but I do love the idea. That no, because there's, there's lots of movie left. <laughs> there's an there's enough actual like code involved in this <laughs> mystical app that like it's like okay, well, I guess the number does have to change. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> at least temporarily. <laughs> so Quinn and Matt uh, are still a little shook. I guess up at this th- at this point, the movie enters. It's kind of like a it's kind of like a low rent version of Prince of Darkness, where it's kind of a mix of technology and magic and yeah. faith and mm-hmm. things like that, but you know, without any of the Greatness without being incredible, says. yeah. Um, without being amazing, yeah. yeah. Without being a, a, a waking nightmare that that even finds horror in VHS video formats. Mm-hmm. Like, and missing amazing. a soundtrack that is both banging and terrifying. Um, <laughs> so uh, Quinn and Matt decide to stay the night together, but like as friends, and they do this like sleepover confess sesh where they like reveal their deepest, darkest secrets, and then they end up mm-hmm. in uh, bed together. Uh, Ozen attacks and deletes a bunch of time, so their apps go back to normal. You can't trick Ozen like that. He doesn't fuck around. Uh, Sister Jordan starts to see scary stuff. There's like a motion sensor nightlight in the hallway in the place she's staying, and that's like, okay, like it could have been, yeah, it's pretty scary. Um, 
Ozen uses the like the nightlight. He uses mom ghosts. He does all kinds of stuff to mess with Jordan. Um, but then Quinn and Matt show up and take her away. They go and meet up with Father John again, and <laughs> Father John comes up with a plan. They uh, they're going to beat the clock using holy magic. What they need to do is they need to prove that the devil is a liar in this case. So they need to prove that somebody survives, assuming that nobody kills themselves first. Uh, they need to prove that the clock is wrong and that somebody is going to outlive the time that is allowed to them. Yeah, if they can if they can do something different than what the clock says, then the curse is broken. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they make a salt. And, and Apple removes the app from the store. Yep. <laughs> uh, so they make a salt circle in the basement, and they try and hide in the holy salt circle uh, before Matt's clock uh, is up. A salt circle and a salt star of David, which was a little bit of appropriation that I didn't uh-huh. care for, but you know. I uh, mean, isn't a star of David inside a circle a pentagram? Doesn't that, uh, that no? No, a pentagram is a five-sided star. Yeah, a star of David is a six-sided star. Yeah. Okay. Uh huh. So all those notebooks that you were drawing those images on because <laughs> you thought they were cool and demonic, you're actually just Jewish. I'm just, yeah, you're Jewish just Jewish, Dan. Okay, That's well, like when you when you, when you were like, "Don't mess with me. I've got power," and you showed uh, people the I pentagrams guess. you draw on. <laughs> Look at They're me. Just like, <laughs> Look at me. I'm Alan Moore. <laughs> I gotta start studying <laughs> I'm my Tom Hebrew. LaFay. I'm way overdue for my bar mitzvah. <laughs> yeah, you've got to be bar mitzvah now, Dan. Uh. Um, okay. okay, so... Uh, I mean, at least I'll get that money. So Ozen, of course... <laughs> Wait, Dan, I don't like the stereotype that you're already, you're already I'm living. I'm talking about the money for my bar mitzvah. What, why is, that's saying, just, just the why fact is, that you're greedy why for Why is it. Dan rubbing his palms together and hunching his shoulders? I was greedy as a Gentile. I'll be greedy now. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> why is Dan applying for a job at the at the, at the bank in, in the, in the, the J.K. Rowling books? Yeah, why is he applying <laughs> for a job <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, oh, woof. Uh, okay, so Matt's time's almost up, so of course it's time for Ozen to show up, and he does. Now, guys, what? Is, uh, I think Ozen kind of looks cool. He's like, uh, he kind of looks like yeah. the curator, the lead singer from the band Portal. Uh, he's like <laughs> he's like a tall monster draped in like a black sheet, and he's like dusty, and you can kind of see his like eyes and teeth a little bit, right? Yeah, yeah. I thought he was he was a he was a fine looking kind of demon. I mean, not ex- yeah. not exciting, but there's a couple of moments where I like him later on when he like gets like sucked into like a black hole. That's true. <laughs> that, I like that, that too. Cool. Uh, anyway. Not not the best, but could have been worse. Is how yeah. I. Yes. That's my review of Ozen. Um, 3.6 stars. Yeah, 3.6 stars. Uh, so he, uh, Ozen is stymied by the salt. Uh-oh. Uh, so he decides. Just like the hit song, stymied by, stymied by the, salt. the salt. Oh, my God. Elliot, <laughs> high five across the world. Woo. Boom, we did it. <laughs> okay. Tried so. to kill them by the countdown, but they made a lot of salt. Mm-hmm. Wrapped up like a douche. Um, so, it's not uh, the lyrics, but it sounds like it. That's for sure. Uh, so he, uh, Ozen sends a toy dinosaur and lures Matt outside of the circle. And now this, he- make, this makes sense because of the story that Matt told earlier about his guilt over stealing a toy dinosaur from his dying brother. So that it's not like it's just, he was just like, cool, I love dinos. <laughs> it was a pretty cool dino. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's not a stegosaur, but that's okay. Um, so he- so Stegosaur, he's up there, man. He's got all those spikes. Um, Yeah, that's my wife's favorite dinosaur. um, 
What's... Me, I'm all about Deinonychus because I love those theropods. Yep. What about you, Dan? Uh, uh, why can't I remember the one that's like kind of like it's got the horns and it's it's like triceratops. triceratops? Yeah, I like oh, that. Oh, that's one. a cool one. Okay. Oh, I also like you know the 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 ones that are in water are nice. Plesiosaurs, like mm-hmm. elasmosaurs, yeah. those are technically not dinosaurs. They're marine reptiles, but oh, that's okay. okay. There's a, I've never been able to figure out why, but dinosaurs only live on land. They huh. don't fly or swim. Very strange, huh? Mm-hmm. Well, they okay. fly now. Yeah. <laughs> and now they fly because they're birds. That's true. And also, mm-hmm. if a fossil is being transported, usually put it on a plane, I guess. Yeah, true. They also fly because they have developed uh, tech that gives them rocket packs so they can fly around. <laughs> You're and- thinking of dino saucers. <laughs> it's a little different. <laughs> oh, fuck. I am thinking of dino saucers. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, uh, so he leaves the production of the circle. Uh, Ozen snatches him by the leg and drags him outside into the street. Get over here. Yeah. That kind of thing. So they yeah. chase after him and he's like, I've survived. And then a, a truck immediately runs uh, runs him over. He gets smushed <laughs> into a tree. He did not survive. Um, and in the process of the, uh, the whole demon fight there, uh, Jordan was injured. So they have to rush her to the hospital. Uh, a fellow nurse, uh, while they're dealing with the demon stuff, a fellow nurse comes up and is like, I know what you're talking about. Dr. Sullivan also assaulted me. I will stand with you. Solidarity. And she's like, okay, uh, let's do this. We'll do this later, though. I got a demon to deal with. Um, <laughs> Dr. Sullivan at the time is currently uh, healing, using a heal spell on her daughter or sister Jordan. <laughs> I don't know about that. It's, <laughs> it just seems to be like looking at her. Her abdomen, where she got hurt. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Quinn comes up with the idea to she uh, she tries to trick Doctor Sullivan into meeting her into the abandoned wing of the hospital, uh, which is filled with you know like uh, dust and uh, plastic sheets yeah. and uh, ladders. Every hospital it's the spooky has district. a has a spooky dis- yeah. Every hospital has a spooky wing. It's abandoned. <laughs> it's full of ghosts. Uh-huh. It's full of cobwebs. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, they call it. They call them kingdoms. Uh, and mm-hmm. that's that's where you go if you yep. want to have spooky stuff at a hospital. Yeah. So she she tricks him into meeting her there, uh, under the pretense that she is going to try and get her job back by uh, giving through him sexual favors. favors. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but instead, she because start- the way the way to a man's heart is through your vagina. Uh huh. She thinks. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. So she starts attacking him that and and know. is about to kill him with what morphine an overdose of morphine. Yeah. Um, because if she can kill him, that'll mess with. Uh, he had already downloaded the app and it said he was going to live 70 more years. And she's like, we'll yeah. fucking see about that shit. And right before she can kill him, Ozen snatches him away. <laughs> yeah. Hey. It's like what we were talking about before. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Stay in your lane, Ozen yells. Um, Jordan's time is running out. She's supposed to die even before Quinn. Uh, they're They're both on like minutes at this point. Um, mm-hmm. So she's running around. Ozen attacks her. Do we uh, ever get any? Sorry, I I'm just realizing. Do we ever get any clarity on what happens to that doctor? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get to that at the end. Okay, uh, I, I I didn't. I so missed it. So uh, Ozen's about to kill uh, Jordan when Quinn shows up, and uh, she makes a desperate last ploy to uh, commit suicide using uh, an overdose of morphine. And uh, Ozen is like, wait a minute, I'm gonna morph into your mom and your your dead mom and try and convince you not to kill yourself. This was a this was a strange choice on Ozen's part because Ozen doesn't have a lot of time. Yes, Ozen, and I'll say he. I don't know what gender Ozen is, but I, yeah. so I'll say uh, Ozen. Say Ozen needs to stop her from killing herself at the same time. Ozen has to kill Jordan. 
you'd think that Ozen would choose a faster method, like maybe snatching the morphine out of her hands or something like that, uh-huh. pushing her down, rather than the psychological method of pretending to be her mom to talk her out of it. Yeah, if you're going to morph into something, morph into like an old-timey cowboy with a lariat to like lasso <laughs> it out of her hand. Or for just, just for fun, do that. Because she would yeah. be fucking shocked if you if, if you were just hanging out in a hospital wing and all of a sudden there's a cowboy there. Yeah, Pecos Bill, your lariat's a snake? This is amazing. I just like to take a moment also to say that her dead mom, or at least the version of her that we see, played by Andrea Anders, uh, who I know best from uh, she was the love interest in Better Off Ted. Oh, okay. she was uh, in the short-lived but full of future stars sitcom The Class that I watched, and most recently she's uh, Ted Lasso's Estranged Wife. So Whoa. a sitcom, uh, a, a bit of sitcom royalty, kind there's of. There's a bunch of there's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of uh, more small screen best known actors in this. I yeah. feel like huh? everyone here they're best known for their television work. You know, probably what in the script, it was probably Ozen morphs into the cowboy, but they're like, wait a minute, we have this actress. <laughs> have let's do her, let's have her be the mom. And they're like, from the class? Yeah. Sorry, sorry, Tex. We got we to gotta cut you. We got a better replacement. Aw, shucks. I, they were going to put me in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I understand. Better Off Ted was a great show. It was kind of hampered by a stupid name and a bad time slot. Yeah, didn't really, really tell people shows. what to expect from the show. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like happy endings. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So, uh, but Quinn uh, injects herself with the morphine. Uh, Ozen is not pleased with this and uh, turn, morphs into dust, a final morph. Um, <laughs> Quinn falls down and dies, uh, and Jordan rushes over to her sister's dead body, only to see that there are instructions written on her body in Sharpie instructing where to insert the Narcan, a plot point that was mentioned way earlier in the movie, but I didn't mention it because yeah. it seemed like it didn't matter. But it does matter, and you should have been paying attention. Except, mm-hmm. except for, as IMDb Goofs points out, uh, Narcan- This is a true goof. This is a true goof. Dan Narcan is, is will, prone to, to point out fake goofs. This is yeah, a true this is goof. a real one. Narcan will not bring back someone who has died from a morphine <laughs> overdose. It, it makes the, yeah, that if your heart has stopped, then then putting a an overdose uh, fighting drug will not- Restart your heart. So what happens is, of course, uh, Jordan injects the Narcan into Quinn, and Quinn comes back to life, and all of a sudden, Bring Me to Life by Evanescence starts blasting. Ozen's <laughs> like, this song's dope, actually. And everybody's They'll fucking dance. rocking. It rules. I yeah, love this Yeah, it's just like shit. the end of Zatoichi, the blind assassin, where they, they, yeah. they all just dance. Yeah, yeah, it's incredible. And then uh, we get a fast-forward, flash-forward. Oh, blind swordsman. Sorry, sorry. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so we are in the graveyard. Uh Quinn, Jordan, and their dad are leaving flowers at their mother's grave. Uh, Then they read on their cell phone uh, that the doctor has been uh, that the doctor has been arrested for assaulting multiple women. More women have come forward. There's a mugshot of him that's pretty. That's fine, but she also did hit him with like a crowbar. This this is the part that I like. I'm not sure that the film adequately adequately resolves that. uh, Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, anyway. Okay. 
Um, and then they're like, okay, well, next time you drive. And then immediately they get a, uh, they, they get a notification. Hey guys, I just saw this cool new app. Here we go again. Well, that's what happens. They that's get a notification that the app has been updated and she's like, what the fuck? And then the movie's Until over. Fired, whatever. Until we Web get. developer had the flaw in the first version. and they Look, we're, com- we're coming out with Countdown 2.0. We're looking for unicorns. We got to get this thing off the ground. We're valued at four billion billion dollars right now so we think we can get a little bit of vc unicorns. get this thing going yeah again. yeah what uh, looking for unicorns yeah yeah <laughs> yeah they're they're, are, you, they're investors yeah angel investors <laughs> yeah. unicorns is different than angel investors is it um, okay. I only know the the sexual application of unicorns. <laughs> the only thing i know about unicorns is that I feel like it was a waste of fucking Walton Goggins' talent to make <laughs> him play a fucking pilsner guy on this bullshit network sure. sitcom okay Movie's over. I don't think so. There's a lengthy mid credit sequence where <laughs> yes, Tom Segura's character <laughs> is on his Tinder date. He is clearly uh, mismatched with this woman. He is uh, kind of an asshole, talking over her, making inappropriate comments. She, I kind of realized my terrible. limit with Tom. My limit with Tom Segura, I guess, is two scenes because by this scene, I was like, I don't really need any more of him in this movie. Yeah, yeah. They really play up how big of a creep asshole he is. And then yeah. he is alone in a dark restaurant. All the lights go out, and then we hear, like, Ozen chuckle or something, and he's like, oh, no, I'm dead. End of movie. <laughs> Bring Me to Life by Evanescence starts cranking. Everybody's headbanging. It fucking rules. <laughs> Everyone in the cast comes out and takes yeah. a bow, uh-huh. multiple yeah. bows. <laughs> I yeah. know. Take a bow by Madonna plays. It's very sad. Yeah. They take yeah. another bow. Somber, yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Okay, so well, this is the part and where then you- R.I.P. <laughs> Angela Lansbury across the screen, and we're like, what is this? Spelled this movie out. came out in 2019. How do they know? Because the of Yep, that's how they do. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this is where we give our final judgments, and we have our Shocktober categories. Whether I gotta say, was... guys, I killed that summary. You, this did, time. you, you did. did a great job. You did a great you job. Did. You owed that summary. You killed I can't it right wait on to hear time. the fucking peach bit. Uh, but is this movie <laughs> totally scarifying? Can we do the, the fake podcast you host <laughs> talk about your summary? I feel like it's going to be favorable. <laughs> <laughs> is this movie totally scarifying? Is it totally snorifying? Or is it frighteningly funny? Of course, nonsense categories. I'm just gonna say, like, <laughs> I, I got, I kind of liked this. I, I, I mean, I tipped towards it before. I think the thing is, I've seen you so many towards through the tulips to it. I've I've seen so many movies like this that are trying to do basically this kind of thing and do it badly that I appreciate that this movie is a, is a trim 90 minutes. It mostly feels like 90 minutes. There's a bit towards like the start of act three that I thought dragged more than the rest of the movie. But in general, I felt like it was pretty fleet. It tried to do a few more fun things with its dumb premise. It's not as good as like a final destination movie, but it's aiming towards that tone and it's you know like there's a lot of elevated horror this is a, like a different type of horror this is like a traditional like i don't know young teens mm-hmm. want a pop horror movie that's going to have a few jump scares that they can go to that's not going to be too brutal in any way and uh, i don't know on a silly level i like i i looked at the wikipedia page and i found with delight that um my good friend kimber myers uh is the quoted uh, critic from the her review in the LA Times, she was like the one like more positive review 
they could find to put on the Wikipedia page to have like a balanced idea of what the critical response was. And I'm like, I texted her. I'm like, I liked it too. I liked it too. Uh, you know, not great. Like there's certainly don't run out and see it, but of the movies that I'm forced to watch for this podcast, I liked it. Okay. What do you guys have to say? Yeah. I mean, I feel I'm, I'm kind of in between a, I feel like it's a, between a bad, bad movie and a movie I kind of liked because there's definitely stuff that I like about it. The There are some jokes and there's some silly stuff that actually works. Uh, I feel like there is a bit of a tone misjudgment when it comes to the mixing of silly app demon and uh, sexual assault by a superior. Um, but yeah, I think like, I feel like if it had leaned more into the sillier stuff, it could have been closer to something like a happy death day territory. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it's not, I feel like it's not that far from that kind of a movie. Um, I think that's what I was wish, shooting for. Definitely. Yeah. I wish it was like, I wish it, they, I wish they had stepped back and were like, how can we make this a little bit sillier? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a movie that is having trouble finding that balance. that doesn't know exactly what kind of movie it is or wants to be in that way. I have to admit, uh, I found it mostly fairly snorifying, but not mm. as snorifying as other movies we've watched it's a i give it a solid two to two and a half stars you know on a on a four or five star rating uh wow, you could do not worse three points not even three point six you could do worse but you could also do a lot better maybe but i feel like i'm coming to it from a biased point of view of having seen a number of very good movies recently in my mm. personal life mm-hmm. and so i'm coming to it from the point of view of oh movies are wonderful so to see a movie that is merely kind of mediocre to, to sub is, you know, yeah. maybe I should be, I should, probably shouldn't have watched a movie for a couple of weeks and then watch it. And I'd be like, this is yeah. amazing. It's like, there's people I mean, in right and right on my screen. Frankly, I'm jealous that you got to watch a bunch of good movies. Oh, it's been, it's all, it's all been about very strict curating of what I, okay. of the things that I watch, but also of the two Shocktober movies we watched this year, I'd say go with Orphan because it knows what kind yeah. of movie it is. Yep. It is a, it's a bonkers, uh, opera. And this, and, uh, this is, doesn't know it doesn't know if it's going to be serious or silly, so it becomes sillerous, mm-hmm. which is not a word. Yeah, yeah. Learn your words, uh, movie. <laughs> Her Majesty served Great Britain and the Commonwealth loyally for over seventy years, and while, of course, we feel a profound sadness, we must remember she lived a long life and died in such a way that I think many of us would want for ourselves. She was at home, surrounded by her family. And, of course, she was listening to the Beef and Dairy Network podcast. The Beef and Dairy Network podcast is a multi-award-winning comedy podcast, and you can find it at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. You're in a theater. The lights go down. You're about to get swept up by the characters and all their little details and interpersonal dramas. You look at them and think, that person is so obviously in love with their best friend. Wait, am I in love with my best friend? That character's mom is so overbearing. Why doesn't she just stand up to her? Oh, God, do I need to stand up to my own mother? If you've ever recognized yourself in a movie, then join me, Jordan Cruciola, for the podcast Feeling Seen. We've talked to author Susan Orlean on realizing her own marriage was falling apart after watching Adaptation, an adaptation of her own work, and comedian Hari Kondabolu on why Harold and Kumar was a depressingly important movie for Southeast Asians. So join me every Thursday for the Feeling Scene podcast here on Maximum Fun.
uh, let's quickly acknowledge that we can't do this all on our own. I mean, we could, but it wouldn't be. We did for a number of years. It wouldn't it was be not profitable for us. Yeah, it wouldn't be rewarding in the uh, sense, of, the literal sense of there being rewards given. Uh, <laughs> so I want to thank everyone who um, is a member of Maximum Fun and helps make the show possible because by this point, we probably, you know, as much as we love it, couldn't keep doing it if it wasn't also a second job uh for all of us but it would be very hard to justify the time away from my family yeah uh but also we have some sponsors that i would like to say thank you to as well and one of them is squarespace which allows you to build a lovely website where you can engage your with your audience you can sell anything products content you create even your time it's the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online and uh some of the things you can do with Squarespace, what are they? Well, you could sell your products on an online store, whether physical or digital projects, products. Squarespace has the tools you need to sell online. You can create pro-level videos effortlessly. Effortlessly, they say. The Squarespace Video Studio app, this app's not going to tell you when you die. It's going to help you make and share engaging <laughs> videos to tell your story, grow your audience, and drive sales. Much more pleasant. Display posts for your <laughs> display posts from your social profiles on your website. You can automatically push website content to your favorite social media channels so followers can share it too. So why not check out squarespace.com slash flop for a free trial? And when you're ready to launch, use offer code flop to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Elliot, I believe you have a jumbotron. I do indeed have a jumbotron, and this jumbotron goes like this: Do you love musicals? Do you love cast albums? Excuse me, I'm trying to read. These are not these are rhetorical questions for the jumbotron. I'll start from the beginning. Yes, do you love musicals? Do you love cast albums? Are you people? If you answered yes at least twice, you'll love The Original Cast, a podcast about original cast albums and the people who love them. Each episode, dramatist Patrick Flynn invites a guest to choose a cast album they love, and then they talk about the album, theater, musicals, resurrection machines, whatever. Past guests include Tony winners, NPR hosts, record producers, critics, and two-thirds of the peaches. Stuart, the door is always open. That resurrection machines references uh, to my episode of it. Uh Here's your call to action. Get on your podcatcher of choice and listen to the occasionally number one performing arts podcast in South Korea. No joke and no clue why. The original cast. So I'm going to add that, Jumatron. The original cast is a really great podcast. It's all about yeah. original cast albums for Broadway shows. Stuart, I, I, yeah, get on there if you can. I, I had a really good time. I, you know, like, it, it, I don't think it's awful to say that sometimes I make an agreement to guest on a podcast. I'm like, ugh. I'm so busy this week. Do I like, is this going to be a hassle? Is this not going to be great? I, once I started doing the original cast, I had so much fun talking musicals. Uh, uh, like Patrick was a great host. I really had a good time. So me too. What did you talk about on your episode? Dan? I talked about Sweeney Todd, the demon okay. barber of fleet street, which cast album, the original or the, <laughs> the, the, the revival, the original cast. Yes. Okay. Album. And I talked about the music man, original cast album. When I was on, uh, I only asked because, don't Rest hate in peace me people. yet again, Angela Lansbury. Yeah, Don't Hate Me People. I kind of like the revival of Sweeney Todd, the album, more than the original uh. Sweeney Todd album. But that's maybe because I saw one in person and one I didn't. Anyway, Stu, if you were going to be on that podcast, what musical album would you talk about? 
Uh, let's see. Uh, is Power Slave by Iron Maiden a uh, musical album? I mean, their stage show is pretty close to a to theatrical <laughs> event, so maybe, yeah. Maybe they can There's make some a, storytelling make in that record. For you. I've uh, never been to a wedding that had a music man or Sweeney Todd cake, as I saw a Power Slave cake at Jenny Jaffe's recent wedding. So nice. maybe, so that's one up on the others. So um, when you go on the original cake cast, you can talk about it. Oh, cool. I can do that. I can talk about a cake you saw one time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, it's, it's called it's called Overheard Cakes, and it's and it's about cakes that you heard someone else talking about. Okay. Uh, before we move on, do you guys want to make any plugs uh, for yourselves? Always. Please, please. I own two bars in Brooklyn, New York. And you know what? You should come visit them. We have booze. We have snacks. We have nice bartenders. Sometimes I'm there. Uh, Hinterlands Bar and Minnie's Bar in Brooklyn, New York. Bye. I've got okay. two. I've got three things I want to plug, Dan. Sturgis One is. Left, <laughs> yeah, he left. Well, I guess we'll do the rest without him. Uh, the three things I want to plug. One, if you've got kids, why not listen to the Who Was podcast on iHeartRadio? That's a podcast I co-host, and it's really fun. It's a quiz show for kids about history. You don't. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, sorry not to remind Yeah, that's funny. And not to remind from you don't have kids, or you want to spend your time away from your kids. How about Maniac of New York, my my super violent comic book from AfterShock Comics, volumes one and two are collected in stores now. Volume three, don't call it a comeback. That's the name of it. The Maniac of New York, so don't call it a comeback. Comes out, I think, December 7th, the first issue. And uh, number three, let's go back to the kids again. My kids' books, Sharko and Hippo and Horse Meets Dog, still in bookstores. So that's some things for kids and some things for not for kids. Yeah. Well, uh, my book proposal that I sent out came back with a lot of people being very positive about my voice and a little little confused about whether the book actually would have an audience. So if anyone wants to just publish that right now... (laughs) Wow. <laughs> like, no, no, I, I, I'll probably have to reconceive it. So, uh, I mean, having read your book proposal, I think it's a very funny proposal. And I think you, yeah, you probably just need like a little bit more of a framework. Yeah, awesome. the framework is the is the key. But also, you know, if you want to save me time, if you're a big time editor and you just want to put mm-hmm. the book out. <laughs> if anyone who, if anyone's listening is a, is an editor at a at a publishing company talk or a publisher, big time talk editor. to my agent. <laughs> Dan has Dan has a has a has a proposal for a for a comedic book, and I have a novel that I'm that I want to start trying to sell. So mm-hmm. get in touch. Yeah. Oh, S- Stu, what about you? Do, what publishing yeah, projects yeah, are you trying yeah, to launch? Uh, I'm still trying to publish that fucking coffee table book that's just pictures of dogs' faces while they're shitting. Yeah. <laughs> Because they either look like super serious or super confused, and I think it's fucking hilarious. Like, and now would you divide it into and one half of the book is serious and one's funny? No, or you it, would it'd be all it mixed up. That's part of the joy of a coffee table book is just picking it up and flipping through that shit. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, hey, let's move on to letters. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> let's do it. This letter is from Jonathan Lastname with Health, who writes, Elliot's favorite movie, as mentioned in episode... I assume that they're referring to the previous episode based on the rest of the the email. Is sure. taking of Pelham one two three, and yet Charlie Varick is snubbed, a markedly more successful criminal than Michael Caine, and it has Charlie in the title. Jonathan last name withheld, taking you to task that your favorite Charlies didn't include Varick, as portrayed by Walter Matthau. You're right. I mean, to be honest, Walter Matthau to me is Lieutenant Zachary Garber I, or the or grumpy old man. It's hard for me yeah. to think of him mm-hmm. as yeah. any other character. Uh, Charlie mm-hmm. Varick, I have to say, I like it. I don't love it. It's not oh, one of really? my favorites of his. Yeah, oh, I, I love kind it. of. It it feels to me like a movie that I wish had either a little bit more comedy or a little bit less comedy. But that's okay. 
you know? I like different people can disagree about things. That, I mean, Pelham obviously is also like an action thriller, although, you know, Mathow doesn't do any action. But no, I I mean, it's it's talking action. It's very conversational. What about that that 10 minute long martial arts sequence he does? (laughs) I was just going to say, I mean, he does does shoot someone at one point, but still. I like that in Charlie (laughs) Barry. Yeah, the part, that single single shot sequence where Paul is fighting his way down a hallway. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. In both. Charlie Varick and Hopscotch, he gets to be like an actual like tough guy. And I think that that's, I mean, Hopscotch is a lot goofier, but like I, Hopscotch is, I can buy it more in Hopscotch because it's goofier. There's a part in Charlie Varick where he is a sex, he's like a sex god for a moment. Yeah. And I'm like, this is a bridge I can't cross. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I just, I, you know, I think it's fun that he got to do those things. Although on the other hand, sure. Uh, as I've been talking to Elliot about, it, I've been reading uh, Mark Harris's uh, biography of Mike Nichols and uh, uh, Matt that sounds like a real asshole. <laughs> he does come off like a real, like a real, like I've never read anything about him where someone other than Jack Lemon was talking, where he came off as a as a friendly guy or someone you wanted to be around. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I hope that answers it's, it's your kind question of like, about Charlie it's Merrick. Kind of, kind of like all the stories that are coming out now about Bill Murray, and you're like, yeah, he always seemed like a guy that would be very difficult to be around. Very yeah. like, yeah, not as an mu- easy guy to spend as time. As much here. as yeah, the screen persona is appealing. You could see how this person is not someone you want to see in life necessarily. Yeah. Uh, ben Lasting withheld rights. Dear Flop Ben Mankiewicz? Wow. Mm-hmm. Probably. Dear Flop House, it's the most wonderful time of the year. Halloween, spooky season to the youths. And it always makes me reminisce on my favorite batty fanged icons of pop culture, the Night Lords. Mm-hmm. Heretic Astartes cool. yep. of the first founding. <laughs> uh-huh. Yep. Big E's eighth legion. Uh-huh. But number two in my heart, Space Wolves are number one, but I'm burnt <laughs> out on those guys. Cool. Stuart. <laughs> what kind of metal would you suggest an enthusiast blast whilst cladding their plastic in shades of midnight? I thought Slayer initially, but is that too on the nose? Much love and thank you for making my Saturday morning commutes delightful. Ave Dominus Knox. Mm-hmm. Cool, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's been uh, Dan, Dan, did is there any mention of Conrad Kurz uh, or the Night Haunter in there? I mean, you heard the letter. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I don't know what you want from me. <laughs> uh, Dan, turn it over. Look on the back. Is there okay. anything on the back? Uh, on the yeah, back, it. it's my phone, my iPhone case. Um, it's it's green. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Is that what you're looking for, Stu? <laughs> yep, that's what I was looking for. Thank you. Uh, painting Night Lords. Uh, they are a Chaos Space Marine Legion, and they're baddies, and they're mm. a little spooky. You know what? Uh, I would recommend uh, any of the Roadrunner uh, King Diamond records. That's right. Uh, you got uh, <clears throat> what? Fatal Portrait, Abigail, of course, them, uh, Conspiracy, all those. Check those out. They're great. Uh, the Eye, all those albums, they're great. They're spooky. And you know what? King Diamond rules. Sounds good. Uh, I, as always, I, I zoned out. But um, now let's do the last <laughs> part. <laughs> Look at the rage in Stuart's eyes. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like I'm talking about summering. Warhammer this is, and metal. This is important. <laughs> Two of my favorite things. <laughs> uh, no, sorry. I was distracted to look through my uh, my film diary to see what I was going to recommend. And of course, um, I've seen. I've actually. Can I talk is, about weightlifting or something else I like? Or, sure. Or are you just going to roll your fucking eyes at me again? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, you know, 
I, I look at all JK, of their yeah. weightlifting uh, TikToks. Well, mm-hmm. well the Thank ones you. that get posted on Instagram. I don't actually look at your TikTok. You don't look at my fucking TikTok? <laughs> what do you jack off to? I don't look at to? TikTok ever. I don't know. It confuses and angers me. Um, <laughs> this Because it reminds you of a clock. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, it has, there's two ways in which it reminds me of how old I am. <laughs> 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 um, let's move on to the final part of the show where we recommend movies that, uh, and I've seen a lot of good movies lately. Like Elliot has seen a lot of good movies, but uh, one in particular I saw recently that I wanted to <laughs> highlight. I saw Tar. The I, I, was, tar! I, was ready to be, I, I, I thought you were going to be like, I saw a lot of good movies lately, like Elliot, and I want to highlight one of them. It's called Screwballs. <laughs> <laughs> it's about a group of. So, about a little bit of a gentleman's wager. <laughs> <laughs> um. No, it's Tar uh, with the little accent over the A. It's the Todd Field's new film, the first in, I think, like 12 years, starring Kate Blanchett. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, one of the things the I The first really, one he's made in 12 years? The first one in 12 years that stars Kate Blanchett? The first one he has made as oh, a director oh, okay. since uh, Little Children, I believe. And prior to that, his, he had made uh, In the Bedroom. Yeah. So a good director who has not been able to make a lot lately, but uh, – Tar is even a giant leap forward, I think, from those other previous works of his. Um, I think that it gets uh, tarred, if you will, by being the cancel culture movie, but that would be sort of diminishing to it. I think that there are a lot of movies out there that pretend to be character studies uh, because they want to talk about some sort of thing in society. Like, they Mm -hmm. use the character study as an excuse to get to the societal thing, whereas I think that this movie actually uses sort of public reckonings of uh, figures who have uh, misbehaved in some way as a way to get to a character study. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Which is kind of more interesting, I think, as a, as a film. And one of the things I like about it is it plays out almost like a, a stage play for the at least the first half where we see Kate Blanchett's character interact with... Um, all people from different facets of her her life, like whether it be her wife, whether it be a fan, wh- um, her assistant, the other um, conductor, like the assistant conductor, uh, a student that she's teaching, and you get all the facets of who she is, like showing how people are very different depending on who they're interacting with and showing sort of what her her strengths and her shortcomings are and like you know as the movie goes comes on we learn that she has done some things that are terrible and that she absolutely deserves to have some sort of reckoning for but you also have enough of a sense of her as a complex character that you i i don't i like you don't have to tell us everything that happens in the movie I don't know, you just like it's 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 just it is that character story that i'm talking about it's it's interesting to see this woman as she deals with her carefully constructed life uh, sort of whirling out of control. And I don't know. I It was a movie that, uh, unlike Elliot, I watch a lot of trash on my spare time. What? In addition <laughs> in addition to the, the good things. I mean, I watch good things too. I just rewatched Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf for one thing. Uh, but, uh, but Checks out. Dan's not lying. <laughs> mm-hmm. Let's check his, his movie because diary. Because of that aforementioned Mike Nichols uh, biography. But, Watching this, I was like, "Oh yeah." <laughs> you're like, "You're like, I watch good movies too." I watched Wolf because of the Mike Nichols biography. <laughs> but this movie, I was like, I was watching. I was like, "Oh yeah, movies can do this." Like this is like, yeah, yeah. 
like even beyond, you know, not watching, like maybe watching too much goofball shit. Like this is a movie that is doing something that I really haven't seen a film try and tackle at least in a long, long time. And I enjoyed, I really appreciated sort of being enveloped in something that was genuinely great for once. Um, anyway, now, now I want to hear what Elliot is going to recommend. Yeah, what are you going to recommend, Mr. I Watch Good Movies Now? Anyway, so there's a little movie called Predator 2, and it's the story of... <laughs> John Predator. <laughs> no, I watched the movie I watched uh, that I want to talk about is not a new movie, but an older movie. Uh, this is a movie called El Sur. It's a Spanish movie from 1983. It's by the same director, uh, Victor Erise, I think his name is pronounced, uh, who made Spirit of the Beehive, if you're familiar mm, with that yes. film, which... I feel like if there's any Spanish movie that's not by uh, made by either Bunuel or uh, or Almodovar that gets mentioned, it's Spirit of the Beehive. But uh, El Sur is a movie about uh, a young girl and her relationship with her family, but specifically her father. And it's narrated by that girl after she's all grown up, but it's telling the story of her childhood and how her father, who seems to have kind of secrets in his past – that she can't fully penetrate, but there's something about him that um, makes him the more special of the two parents to her. Maybe it's because of those secrets. Maybe it was because he doesn't quite understand her and she doesn't quite understand him. And it's a it's a movie that the director considered it a kind of half-made movie. because It's only 95 minutes long, and it ends at a point where the director was hoping to continue the film. But to me, it felt very fulfilling and very complete. Uh, and the south of the title is where her father is from, this place that she's never been and she's very curious about. But because of a political disagreement with his father uh, in the Spanish Civil War years, he's left that that place. And it's a really beautiful looking movie. It's very kind of like dim and cozy is how I would say a lot of the visuals uh, in this very early 80s way. Uh, and it just felt to me like a movie about a real – thing about how that I'd never really thought that much about before, which is that even when you know your your parents or you learn more about them, there's always an emotional truth to them that remains a mystery to you and an emotional truth about you that remains a mystery to them, that no matter how, how much you love a member of your family, specifically a parent or a child, you can't – there's always going to be a part of them that you don't know but which to them feels omnipresent and inescapable. And I feel like this movie really captured that in a way that really moved me and I found very beautiful. And so it was after seeing – a lot of not terrible movies, but movies where I was like, that was fun. That was okay. Seeing a movie like this that really, you know, touched me very deeply, uh, which I thought was b visually very beautiful. It was like, it's similar to what Dan was, his reaction to Tar was like, oh, right. Like, this is why I love movies is because yeah. they like, they can, they sp speak to me in a way that, that otherwise I don't know how to be spoken to or how to speak to others. And so I really, I really loved it. And uh, it, it coming as a movie that, I didn't know anything about going into it. I had never heard of it until I did the thing I do where I record any foreign movie I've never heard of that comes up on Turner Classic Movies. Uh, and so I really liked a lot. So that's El Sur, uh, literally the South from 1983. Don't know where you can find it. I don't know where it's streaming, but look for it. Why not? And I have a little bit of a qualified recommendation. Um, it's a movie that you can currently stream on Shudder called The Innocents. Uh, it was written and directed by the guy who wrote my favorite movie from last year, The Worst Person in the World, a movie that also reaffirmed my love of film and touched me deeply. The Innocence, uh, maybe not as much, but it is a uh, 
a thriller about a group of children living in a housing complex in Norway. And uh, they, uh, the children start to develop uh, kind of strange powers. Um, and it is uh, very kind of deliberate, uh, patient. Um, it makes a lot of effort to kind of build the world of the, uh, that these children inhabit. Uh, it relies a lot on the acting chops of a group of, you know, a small group of children. Um, and it ends up, uh, it kind of plays out a little bit like, uh, it reminded me a little bit of like Domu, a child's dream, the Katsuhiro mm. Tomo comic. Yeah. Um, and also, you know, with some like, you know, like Lord of the Flies, like kids making decisions that are, you know, get increasingly more dangerous. Um, and it, uh, the part of the reason it's qualified is that it is like, it is fairly slow and deliberate. It's also, uh, violent, uh, and the violence is often directed at children and animals. Mm. So it can be, uh, it can be a difficult watch, but it is a very beautiful movie. Uh, I just want to, uh, that's a great recommendation. I just want to backtrack and say that El Sur, I looked it up, is streaming on Criterion right now. Oh, Okay. Uh, and of course, Tar is in theaters. I also wanted to say, like, I mentioned Tar giving me the feeling of a play. I don't want that to be misinterpreted. I just meant in that it has these scenes that are allowed to extend longer than a movie scene usually is, so we can really like live in it with the characters. But it's very cinematic, especially with the use of sound. Um, but uh, yeah, see, we we know movies. We know other movies. We don't just we don't just watch jump. We don't just watch, we don't watch countdown. We're just yeah, all countdown. countdown. Come on. A movie that we kind of liked. A movie that was fine for <laughs> I what mean, it I, is. I mean, it was, it was fine. It was okay. It does, it does you know. Well, you know, you only have so many, uh, according to my phone, I only have so many hours and days left in <laughs> my many? life. How many hours? Uh, that's, that's... I kind of don't want to go into it, but you know what, guys? <laughs> I'm fine with it. It's okay. cool. I get, you know, okay. life, I get it. That That's the that's the best way to deal with it, probably. You know? I mean, me... Dylan Thomas would disagree. He would say rage, but, you know. Uh, he was he huge... was probably fucking drunk when he said that. <laughs> wow, I mean, probably yeah. Uh, that kind of makes me feel like Stuart doesn't have that much time left, so we should probably <laughs> sign off. Uh, I just want to say before we go, thank you to uh, Maximum Fun. Check out the, all the other great podcasts on the Maximum Fun Network at maximumfun.org. Uh, check out our producer Alex's other podcast, Fast Track. Oh, fuck. It goes by the name Howell Dottie. Did you just remember that you have to record uh, some? No, uh, I'm, I mean, I remembered that we recorded a hot new track. Yeah, there's going to be dropping he, soon. Mm-hmm. Alex sent the guide track for this uh, gonna song that we're going to do. going to up your ears. I, I love it already, and we haven't even done our parts yet, so uh, I got to record that. I got to um, record my part too, yeah. But anyway, uh, so check him out, Howell Dottie on Twitter, and uh, thank you for listening. For the Flophouse, I've been Dan McCoy. I'm Stuart Wellington. And I'm... Elliot Galen. Okay, Alex, make sure to drop in Bring Me to Life by Evanescence right now. (laughs) (laughs) We don't have the rights. Hemingway-esque is how I would describe that. <laughs> that was his his, his classic six-word story. <laughs> baby shoes. For, uh, for sale, baby shoes. You know how usually you put baby shoes on the feet of a baby? Well, this time they weren't on the feet of a baby. They actually yeah. haven't been on a baby's feet. They're uh-huh. as new. They're basically new. Mid-condition. They haven't been yeah. on a baby's foot. <laughs> <laughs>
We didn't have a baby. We planned to have a baby, and either we didn't have a baby or we had it and it died. You read into it. It was very sad. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> my my intro was uh, tight enough that even sicko Cormac McCarthy would applaud me. Okay. <laughs> MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.